They patrol the monuments to gridiron legends, but you better get the hell out of the way when they come rolling through. Randy Heights and Ryan Chapman are the Heisman Park Rangers, presented by the Highball Network. Randy, for the last time until, well, fingers crossed, but on the schedule for the last time until we get to the other side of the conference championship game, there is no football to talk about as far as an imminent game this weekend for the Oklahoma Sooners. It's the last bye week, unless some weird stuff happens with OSU and Baylor needing to play that last game on the last day of the regular season. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, think about it. I'm going to sit here and say this, and we'll get into it later on, but a lot of people didn't think the Big 12 would get this far. I mean, there's a reason some conferences just started a week or two weeks ago, um, but they're there, and and it continues to move along in a, in a pretty positive way. Have there been hiccups for everyone? Yeah, but they're moving right along. Last bye week, it seems like everyone is laser-focused on missions in this conference, other than Baylor, who keeps trying to shit the bed every time they get a chance. I mean, other than them, everyone else in this conference knows knows what priorities are as far as getting these football games in, right? And it's kind of nice. It's a tradition unlike any other in Waco, Randy, shitting the bed. It's it's just what they do. Uh, anytime they get anything going, they're just like, nope, nothing good can last other than the women's basketball team, I guess. Like, that's it. That's all they have. And you know what? I, I don't doubt that Baylor women's basketball is is thriving through this because you know what? She's a Kim Mulkey, She's in the know. I'm in the know. I'm here. Well, they're scared of her. That's why. Probably. That's why every player's like, no, I'm going right home, coach. Yes, sir. yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes. Wh- whatever you want me to call you. I'm out. Yeah. I got to go. Yeah, whatever is good. Whatever is good. Although that is kind of um, to you know switch gears back to football here. That's also why last week I wasn't as down on this Kansas matchup, I think, because like, yes, it sucks that we're sitting mm-hmm. here going, OK, it's Kansas. But when you look, you start looking at the schedule, Randy. Three regular season games left for the Sooners. We are 70% of the way through the regular season. And I feel like this happens every year with college football, but it's always one of those things that cherish the shitty matchups, cherish the bad weather days, all that stuff, because college football, unlike any other sport in the country, you blink and it's gone. Yeah. I mean, in this year of all years, right? I mean, it's only a, what? 10 game schedule for the big 12 conference, right? 11. I mean, you know, overall we're losing two games. Yeah. You'll have a conference title game. You'll have a bowl game, but this year it's a blink of an eye. And and part of the blink of the eye, I think is with what's going on in the world. I mean, we've got our election. That's crazy. We've got COVID cases spiking across the country and it's like college football is front and center, but also in some ways and rightfully so, it's a backseat to everything else. So it's kind of like you look up and you're like, oh, Saturday. Thank God. I don't care if it is Kansas playing Texas. It's something to get our minds on something else for a few hours. And that's why I feel like this year of all years, there's going to be a lot more people saying what you just said. Like, oh, man, it's gone. Because, yeah, other sports will happen and take over. But let's be real. Football is king in this country. I mean, oh, a sporting absolutely. world. I mean, so they're going to look up when it's done going, wow. And I think the NFL in mid-December, once college football's over, the ratings are going to get a bigger boom because I think people are going to be looking for that escape and need a three-hour window. And that's even non-NFL fans, whether they're tuning over to watch the Oklahoma fans, to watch the Baker Mayfields and the Kyler Murrays, or 
you know, j- just whatever, just to go, give me something. I need an escape. I can't get myself down because I'm sorry, winter is a little depressing anyway. And I know it's the holiday season. I'm not making light of that, but you know, people might be even a little more depressed over the holidays this year than usual because not everyone is going to do the gathering. And so it's going to be sad when we don't have football. Yeah, for sure. It's just going to be unfortunate. And and I got to say, you know, there's the old joke all the time about you talk about hearkening back to times were simpler when your grandparents or great grandparents were growing up. Screw that. They only got like seven game regular seasons. Like life is so much better now. Screw you guys. I don't look people all the time like there are too many bowl games. Why do they play 15 game regular seasons in college? They're basically professionals. Want, want, want. Shut up. Give me all the football. Screw you guys. I don't care if we play 20 college football games. I'm happy. Get off my lawn. Hey, exactly. Hey, and Ryan, you're you're a privileged child. At least when I even first started growing up, you know, like when I was 10 years old. Guess what? Oklahoma could only be on TV, I think it was twice a year. Twice. Guess well, what? You shout, get them all now. Shout out to OU and Georgia for suing. Yeah. Screw the NCAA. Exactly. Let's do it again. Let's sue the NCAA again. Let's hey, go down look, that avenue. I'm I'm just saying... I was having this conversation today with a friend that that was a formative case mm-hmm. in how we view not just football, but collegiate athletics. That case that OU won in Georgia, but more OU, let's be honest, uh, that case that they won that uh, now we have uh, just five wide football at every time slot because we're freaking addicts. Incredible. You know who else might be having a case like that? If somehow, some way, Kansas basketball can back their way out of their violations by basically saying those people aren't employees of the University of Kansas, we can't be held responsible for them. If somehow, some way that holds up, you have just blown open collegiate athletics till the end of time, which would be uh, interesting to say the least. You know, and it may be the one time every Big 12 fan goes, bravo, Kansas, bravo. <laughs> Good job. Good yeah, job. Because that's exactly what I want. I want the NCAA to self-implode and let's move on with the world, you know, and maybe that's where we'll go. As you can tell, it's a bye week. That's where we're going with this podcast right now, talking a little bit of everything, but hey, that'll be fun. I mean, and I'm kind of to the point, I was like, no, punish those assholes. I can't stand kids. But then I was like, that started thinking like what you were saying. Wait a minute. Let's not punish them. Let them out of this. Yeah. Let them win that case. It, it, I'm not going to lie, it'd be kind of funny if simultaneously you have OSU getting hammered for the same violations and then Kansas is just like, we just have better lawyers than you. We are going to get off scot-free and also, because it's just like one of those things where normally you're like, so okay, people want to make money off Kansas, sure, but the NCAA only gets one shot at making money off Cade Cunningham, so. You're right. Well, let me tell you, if they do that, that I've been saying it all along, this is going to die. I said it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. This is all the COVID. If there's one positive, and I mean only one in this world, it may be the wow. death of the NCAA. The problem that is happens. Too many positives, Randy. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, uh, the problem is the problem is there's too many positives with COVID right now. That's <laughs> oh, what that's what's killing. Very, very good point. All right, but anyway, because let me tell you, it's not going to be just OSU going. What they did? What? No, Arizona is going to be making a call to Stillwater. Stillwater is going to make a call to Baton Rouge, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh no, no, no." This, this we're not going to take this line down. And then that's just the self-destruct mode for the NCAA. It just wouldn't be funny of all the things, the college football playoff, people hearkening 
for years for the BCS to go away, for there to be a, a two plus one. And then it's the it's the power five versus group of five, all this crap. Wouldn't it just be awesome if it was just, oh, hey, by the way, college basketball, who everyone thought was just trucking along, being so happy. They're just like, we're blowing this up. We're killing it. It's dead. College basketball will reign supreme. <laughs> exactly. And that may be exactly what happened. You know, when you think about it, this it, it could be classic. And I would love to see it. I'm here for it. I'm here for that entertainment. Because yeah. the backpedal that the NCAA will be doing, ooh. Yeah, it, it'll be incredible. It'll just be like, all of a sudden, uh, new NCAA president, new board of directors. Everyone's like, whoa, 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 we, we didn't mean it. We're going to put this name and his likeness stuff through. Uh, we're just going to say, because all of that stuff would have been fine under name, image, likeness, we're just going to pretend like it doesn't happen and and uh, all will be well with the world. <laughs> Please. That will me. definitely be the first recount in America in, in quick fashion. Yes, 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 yes. There will no, no, Nothing will be counted there. They're just going to come out and make the statement and roll with it. Uh, quite the coup by the NCAA there. But OK, Randy, bef- before we get, go on to college football as a whole, like I said, too many positives around the country we did have a little tidbit of sooner stuff today randy obviously like you said it's the bye week uh, so media stuff during the bye week is is just different it is lincoln riley wasn't at his normal time he kind of you know spoke for a little less time but we did get to talk with drake stoops and Jaden hazelwood today the big headline of that being um one uh there are still people in november who can't figure out zoom so that's fun um, the Zoom press conference setting is like, oh my gosh, it is, there's one or two people in particular um, who remain nameless. The old, who, the olds of the media. Yeah, you, uh, let's see, last week we had an awesome occurrence where someone left themselves unmuted as the players were switching over. And in the background, you can hear that person going, I I don't know why they just don't have them all standing right there. Now we have to like wait for five minutes while everyone's shifting around and doing all this stuff. And it's just ridiculous. And everyone just, I think no one reacted. We all just awkwardly sat there and just let it happen. And then hit your record button. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone was just like, uh, we cherish this forever. And then today we had, you know, someone else that uh, uh, starts talking out of turn, can't figure stuff out, gets there late. Um, there's also a deadline to submit like, Hey, I'd like to ask a question by so that we can make it quickly, uh, judging by their behavior in the chat. Pretty sure they just did. They just disregarded that just hopped in, jumped the gun. It was, uh, it was incredible today. Uh, that's our media drama segment, but, uh, Drake Stoops, you know, some funny stuff about, uh, obviously in, in case you didn't realize his dad is Bob Stoops. Really? Newsflash. Yeah, no. that's new. And uh, we found out that uh, Bob's pretty hands off. He's been pretty hands off with coaching Drake, um, especially since he's got to the program. So that's fine. But the big headline today, I felt like, right, is we got to talk to Jaden Hazelwood, which to me means they expect him to not just be a feel good, like, hey, he's a guy that's going to get a few snaps the rest of the year, stuff like that. But you don't put Hazelwood out in front of the media unless you anticipate him being a big part of your offense going forward. Oh, no doubt. And, and I think. I knew it Saturday, even though he didn't catch a lot of balls. When you look up in the second series of the game, who was one of the lead blockers on on Ramondre Stevenson's run, one of his runs? Look out there. Big number 11's out there making blocks. For sure. And, you know, there's a part of me. Everyone knows who this kid is, and I'm not saying that's what happened on Saturday. But if they were more like, hey, look, we're playing you this week because we want you to get your legs under you, in live action, we may not throw the ball to you a ton. You know, this is more of a, 
hey, get out, take your first hits on the blocking side of thing, get into contact that's not your teammate, it's a true enemy. I, I kind of wonder how much of that was in the game plan on Saturday. Yeah, they won't say that's what it was, but it's like, why show your cards? I mean, how much? Not everyone has seen this guy at the level. There's very, I mean, to be honest, there's very little game film of Jaden Hazelwood out there right. at the Division One level. Hey, as I think it was, was it Riley last week that said it's like getting a free agent, right? You know, in midseason, yeah. why show your cards of what he's got? Because opposite of most free agents. There's no game film out there hardly of him at Division One level. It's not like they went and signed Antonio Brown, you know, where yeah. everyone can see what he does. For sure. And it's one of those things, too, that um, we found out that obviously um, when we heard earlier in the spring, um, it was reported that, you know, he was injured. And I, like I, I saw a few places that it was an ACL, but we could never, you know, as has become right. tradition, we can't get it confirmed with Lincoln Riley or the actual program, things like that. So I, I hate to put too much weight in it other than to say it was reported as that was the injury. It was never officially confirmed via OU or Hazelwood or Riley. But uh, that timeline is incredibly fast. And we find out that uh, Jaden himself said that he was officially given the all clear for contact on Thursday, he said. So really, he didn't even have a true full contact, full intensity practice before the Kansas game. So... Um, I, I absolutely think, Randy, that if anything else, this was a get out there, let someone else rough you up a little bit. You go, you know, uh, block somebody else. Just go knock around and, and see if you still good on your knee, if you still feel good on your knee. And Hazel would know he was like beaming when he was talking about his knee. He he said the nature of his injury. He, all he said is it's, it wasn't a football injury. So he said because of it not being a football injury, he doesn't have any like worry about his knee in the back of his head when he's going to make right. a cut or he's not favoring it or anything like that. So you can tell that he he feels really good in it. He feels healthy and he just gives off this energy, Randy, where he's just ready to hit the ground running. So that's a huge addition for the Sooners ahead of their biggest game of the season. It, it, and it should be when you looked at him on Saturday blocking and actually running, you know, he caught the one pass. You look down and this is a guy with a knee brace on running like that. You know, I mean, so that's a positive sign. I mean, you look yeah. at that. I mean, and it only gives them more depth, and we'll get into Bedlam later on in this podcast and really more in-depth on Sunday. But, you know, Ryan, it's, it's all positives for Oklahoma. I mean, back to we talk about COVID cases spiking around the country and everything and, you know, college football programs dealing with it across the country. The more guys you can add in a position room, the better. You And you didn't just add a guy. You added a very talented guy. So if you have a little bit of an outbreak in the receiver room, that just gives you that much more depth to go through. I mean, Rambo missed a game, what, two weeks ago right. for contact tracing. So it's all a good thing with Hazelwood being back. Well, and now, even if you are full strength, what are you going to do if you're a defense when it's, okay, so... OU's coming out and they've got, okay, they've got Jaden Hazelwood, check, former, you know, top rated wide receiver. Cool. Okay. Theo Weiss, also a former top rated wide receiver. Cool. Uh, Marvin Mims. Oh, that guy, not only has he done it on the, the college level already, but uh, obviously he's um, the all time leading receiver in Texas high school football. Okay. Okay. That means a lot. Oh, oh no. By the way, you've got a Stogner. And if those guys are tired, okay, well, there's Rambo, Mikey Henderson, Drake Stoops. Jeremiah Hall, 
oh, and Ramondre Stevenson's making those one-handed grabs out of the back. Like, what do you do when you're when you're trying to line up and, and game plan against this offense? And that's why, I, as good as the Lincoln Riley offenses have been, I've been almost in in the mode of okay, why don't we just sit and wait until he has that Alabama Clemson level depth and talent mm-hmm. coming in on the offensive side of the football? Because I don't think we've really seen anything in college football quite like that. No doubt. I mean, and when you think about it now in college football more than ever, and I'm one that's been saying, yeah, the SEC days of the defense being the dominant thing across college football, those days are dead. And Nick Saban said that, and he's the master of defense. He basically has said, and been quoted this year is going, hey, the reason we're switching our offenses to the way we've done the last couple of years at Alabama Good defenses are not going to be good offenses anymore. And so you're right. Now, if you're ahead of the curve recruiting those guys like Riley is, maybe it is one of those things. You look at how he's built this program. They've taken their lumps for a few years, but maybe it's kind of one of those. He was able to look and see, I see where college football is going. If we can be, like you say, the Alabama of offense before those other programs start doing it, we're in great shape. I mean, they've got the number one receiver in the country committed the next two years. Yeah. I mean, so that's kind of what you're, I'm starting to think maybe that's what Riley thought. Hey, I want to work on the defense. It's got to get better regardless. You've got to have a defense, but I'm going to try to put together the most dominant offensive units year in and year out, not just with numbers, but with sheer talent. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. It's crazy to think about like, you talked about me being spoiled as as you know a young football fan and and I get that but also I think it's just wild how over my life I'm 24 years old Randy and college football is almost unrecognizable from what it was even 15 years ago and where the game is going um I remember when I heard the news that uh, Bob Stoops would be stepping down and mm-hmm. that Riley was going to be slotting in, I was talking to one of my best friends and he just wasn't sure. Cause he was like, I just don't think you can win championships unless you have a defensive minded head coach with how the way that football was going. This is just four or five years ago. And now I'm sitting here going, screw that. Give me the best quarterback and the best offense. And you're going to have a chance to win any game. And OU hasn't won those games thus far, but they also have had historically bad defenses. You give me that, you know, the the 2017 or 2018 Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray offenses, and you tell me I've got that with this year's defensive unit, and I'm telling you that OU's just dropping 20-point victories on everyone along the way. Well, and just, yeah, I mean, I think you can go back, even though the defense wasn't great last year, that's how much just an improved defense can make you. You give that defense... And I'll say this much. I think the Kyler Murray year, that offense was phenomenal. I'm not ripping the offense. The the two teams, Alabama, Clemson, may have truly been a notch above. The year okay, Baker yeah. was in the Rose Bowl, Oklahoma wasn't that far off that year. I mean, a team that they should have beat in Georgia took Alabama to the wire. Well, I mean, and so if you give Oklahoma a halfway decent, decent defense, the one from this year or even last year, in my opinion, they probably win the national title and they're definitely playing for it. Well, uh, hell there, there is uh, I've workshopped this theory. It's not unique to me, but not to go down PTSD lane here, but if the Sooners somehow, some way uh, maybe don't squib kick it, whatever it is to, to uh. get past Georgia, there is the line of thought that 
Tua Tonga-Vailoa doesn't become the Tua that we know because the OU defense is bad enough that that Jalen Hurts offense is not Mm -hmm. sputtering. Jalen Hurts stays in the game. And I think every OU fan for, you know, love it or hate it, Jalen Hurts put in a good year last year. I think every OU fan's taking Baker Mayfield over Jalen Hurts about 15 times out of 10. Yeah, like in a duel. So it's one of those. 15 out of 10? Give me 15 out of 15. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that you, given given the opportunity to take him 10 times, at least half of the times, someone's going to say Baker Mayfield twice before yeah. they. Oh, God. So, yes. yeah. So it's just one of those things that, like we said, football is moving in just this um, very, very offensive direction. The rules are calling for it the way that the offenses are designed. And it's like, I don't know how you go into college football today and say, I want to be a defensive coordinator. That sounds like a a just highway to a heart attack at 40 with everything that's going on right now but uh i I love how the sooners are positioned and i know it sucks especially like in this year where they've already dropped two games Mm -hmm. and now you're kind of in the boat of you have to hope for a lot of weird continues to happen around the country to make a playoff weird's an understatement probably like starting next year though randy like you could see OU finally take that next step and say uh anytime anyone says alabama clemson ohio state they're also gonna have to say oklahoma Well, exactly. And you know what's funny is they're already there. I mean, really, when you think about it, top four programs in the country, and and you'll have some SEC fans that argue, yes, LSU won the title. I'm not taking anything away from them. Well, Randy, what do you think about it? (laughs) (laughs) When you think about when college football world, it's Clemson, Alabama. In some ways, I get Ohio State, but at the same time, I'm like, come on now. You know? In, in the playoff era, there you know, but it's those four schools. Those are the ones every year. Those four are mentioned, right? No, I mean, though, like clockwork, you could go into a coma and wake up the next year and be like, "Oh, so is it Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama?" And almost be right. Yeah, at least seventy five percent of that field is going to be correct every year. Yeah, you uh, you just shot in the dark. Throw those four teams out there. You're you're gonna you're gonna bat seven fifty. Yeah, I mean, so that that's where they're at, and so the, you're right. It's just taking that next step, and it's not even winning a title. It's winning that game, you know, just winning that first playoff game, and that's where Oklahoma's at right now. And I know a lot of Oklahoma fans are frustrated at it, but there's nothing sicker. It's funny. It's like we have OU fans that listen to this podcast. We're an OU podcast. I think I've called them idiots more than anything on this podcast through the several weeks. Solid, but solid no- marketing strategy by us. Yeah. Nothing makes me sicker than the idiot OU fans. Now, after, and it's, don't get me wrong, it's embarrassing. You get run out of the house against LSU. Alabama pretty much handles you. You know, Clemson has handled you. But the idiots ago, I would rather go play, let's say, AM in the Cotton Bowl than go to the playoff again. Hello, wake up. You can yeah, only I- win a national title by making the playoffs. Yeah, you, you talk about the free recruiting that goes with being the college football playoff. Even if you lose, that's worth it alone. Uh, like we said, OU stacked now. This is going to be three straight uh, three straight recruiting classes. No, I'm sorry. Three of the last four years. Math is hard. Three of the last mm-hmm. four years right. dating back to last season, bringing in Weiss or Hazelwood, depending on which one you look at. They signed the top wide receiver that year, got it on the books the next two years. Obviously, a long way to go with that, but... Uh, these kids don't seem to be too worried about Oklahoma 
um, when you look at where they're going, the leaps and bounds that the defense is making and things like that. And and Randy, like, I guess it's not off the table this year, but uh, it's going to take a whole lot more of what we're about to talk about. Um, here are the games postponed this weekend already. Louisiana and Monroe, before you go through it real fast, I will just warn people, this is the biggest week of postponements as far yes. as name brand teams. Yes, it is. So first off, Louisiana Monroe, Arkansas State. Okay, no one's really sad about that. Then you get into A&M, Tennessee, Memphis mm-hmm. Navy, Auburn, Mississippi State, Alabama, LSU, Air Force, Wyoming. You know, there's that. But uh, talk about CBS being sad. They're thinking, okay, we're going to hit that double. We're going to hit that Masters. It's going to lead straight into Alabama, LSU. Nope, it's not. It is not going to lead into anything. It's just the Masters and nothing else. You will have your golf and you will like it. And that is interesting, you know, for their main network to end up without a game. But that's the way it is. And you mentioned those three games. The SEC, they're in a world of, I'm not going to say hurt, but interesting dilemmas. Because you've already got LSU. Because the um, Auburn game has already been rescheduled for the 12th of December. The one that was is being missed this week. And so is the Tennessee and A&M game. LSU already has a game rescheduled with Missouri for December 12th. Well, I think their their case is going to be trying to make a second team into the college football playoff. Well, the playoff was going to be announced after the 19th, which now they won't even play their championship game. Florida has lost to A&M. Right now, there's a chance they end up missing is it Alabama and LSU? No, I think it's Alabama and LSU on their schedule. They'll right. end up missing. So some of their big games to make up for that loss to AM, they're not, I'm not going to say they're not going to play, but it's going to leave it up to a committee that already a lot of people criticize for the debate on the four teams they put in every year anyway. It's going to make it real interesting. And I'm going to take it one step further with the playoff committee because I know they talked a while back about not adding any teams to the playoff. But I look at what the NFL owners did today because they kind of see the world of COVID and the way it's going. And I kind of give the credit to NFL for being forward thinking here. They had already expanded the playoffs by one team in each side. They see that maybe not everyone's going to get all their games in and 16, I mean, in 17 weeks in the NFL, they can add one more week and there still may be teams of missing games. Well, you know what? We're going to make it fair. If we get into that situation, eight teams from each side are going to the playoffs. I'm almost to the point, why isn't the committee going? And I wonder if maybe some of this talk won't drum up over the next couple of weeks, especially if we get into back-to-back weeks where this may happen, where the committee goes, all right, we don't necessarily need to go to eight, but we, we've got to go to six because they want Ohio State in. They want the big names in this playoff. Well, screw it. Go to eight because then, Randy, here's what you're going to have. You're going to oh. have, listen, listen, listen. You're going to have Alabama. Cool, awesome. Don't need to make up at that game against LSU. You can just come on over as the uh, with one less win mm-hmm. than you're supposed to have. Whatever. Cool. Undefeated Alabama. Ohio State. Arizona or not Arizona, excuse me, Oregon or USC, whichever one comes out of that cluster, which it's not going to be USC, just throwing it out there. Uh, All of a sudden, if Oklahoma wins out, you've got the Sooners coming on strong with the young stars, stuff like that. And guess what? They can just say, all right, look, BYU's just curb stomping people. Cincinnati looks awesome. Put both of those in there. 
now the group of five people are done yelling at us and let's just take the one best team from everyone else if florida can figure it out cool welcome congratulations or if it's notre dame or clemson you know yeah notre yeah notre we haven't even talked about notre dame and clemson there you go put both of them in there uh tell cincinnati and byu to play an exhibition game winner goes to the playoff cool awesome like you talk about all these different scenarios like normally i've said for a while randy that like the college football playoff is fun but i can't really think of more than one year that i've gone into the playoff thinking well there's a clear number one and number two like this playoff is kind of unnecessary this year but but that's okay this year we're so far into the season i'm just like throw eight teams in there and i'm gonna be content with all these matchups well and i'm kind of to that page too because we'll see if any more cancel but i mean we have was it eight or nine bowl games that have already canceled this year. Right. And, and I'm with you. I mean, in this year of all years, like we said earlier in the show, give me as much football as they can see. But also if we want to truly talk about health of kids and travel and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do we need the Houston bowl, which I think that was one canceled, but you get what I'm saying. Do we need all these smaller bowls across college football? where? Even when you get down there, they may be canceled. Whereas maybe the one thing I've always said, which the SEC is proving me wrong right now, I feel like the conferences that are in battles to win titles, well, then again, the SEC is not proving me wrong. It's the teams where I even said in the Power Five, the ones that are out of the playoff, out of their conference titles, those are the ones you have to worry about where the kids go, ah, screw it, I'm going out tonight. you know. And that's, I think, what we're seeing a little bit of. But so you think about it, put those eight teams in the playoff. I don't know if we have COVID issues because all eight of those teams, all those kids are going, I came to college for one reason, to win a ring. They're going to stay focused and I think try to stay as clean as possible. Well, also, here's here's my official proposal. Um, Obviously, you need a stadium with turf so that these games, uh, you don't have to worry about the grass falling apart, stuff like that. Randy, we're already making college football purists mad by having a playoff, much less eight teams in it. Why don't we just go nuclear, go to Boise, Idaho, just oh, clear God. the town out. Nobody's going to miss it. No one's going to miss whoever lives in Boise, Idaho. Take everyone, play all the playoff games on the Smurf turf, put everyone in quarantine, and literally you just have college football city. Boom. We fixed it. I just threw my pin because I'm so excited. Look at that. We just we just we just fixed COVID. Hey, you, you know, it's funny because that's not off from what I was joking about to start the year. Maybe not going to the blue field, but I like it. I, why not bubble? Even Tent if city, it, baby. And my thing is, your theory is actually really good. And it's kind of what I was saying. Even if you want to stay regional, I mean, on a realist side, you know, instead of going to Boise, if you want to just make it small areas. You know, where two games at each stadium, you know, like, hey, four teams are going to go play here, an afternoon night doubleheader on a Saturday and a Sunday. Or you could do them both on the same day and just they're going head up against each other. I don't care how you do it. But, yeah, it's a bubble system. And if you go to college campuses, the reason I bring that up, those schools are already doing it. Okay, those teams aren't in the playoffs. Those kids are gone. We need you guys to have everything cleared out because – during winter break or before we even come back to campus, we're going to have Alabama staying in the storm and we're going to have, you know, Clemson staying over here. You know, it's like, yeah. it's doable. And that I'm with you. That's why 
The other thing, I can't believe they want to do bowl games. And the reason I think your theory works in that regard. Okay. We're in, we're in a pandemic, no matter, no matter what anybody wants to say, we're in the heart of a pandemic. It's not going to be gone by bowl season. Let's be real. The reason bowl games want to happen and these committees want them to happen. It's a tourism deal. Okay. Even if you get, have 20,000 fans allowed at your bowl, you're not bringing that much tourism dollars into your community. So do the bowl games even really care? This may be the one year they go, you know what? Why don't you go play at Boise, Idaho? Go go ahead. Just go on with your bad self. Look, all, all the bowl games care about, the ones that are going to continue to try and play, is that they have a game called the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl played on a television because then they get their TV dollars to hold them over so the bowl doesn't fold. So if we have more games, okay, congratulations. Oklahoma and Notre Dame, the one versus eight. You I, are... Could you imagine that? Anyway... Yeah, I know. You are, well, uh, Notre Dame's ended so many streaks. Maybe they could end another one for OU and let OU uh, get their first playoff win there. I but, like uh, it. Anyway. See? See? I'm trying to will that into existence. But, I uh, hate Notre Dame. Just, hey, congratulations. OU and Notre we'll Dame. find another you, altar boy. You are, <laughs> you are officially labeled the heart of Dallas Bowl. Congratulations. You're playing in Idaho or, you know, wherever. We've banished you to the Bahamas so you can play there. But you're going to technically be the heart of Dallas Bowl. Boom, heart of Dallas Bowl gets their TV dollars. Uh, you know, Alabama, Clemson, welcome. You're the Sugar Bowl. Awesome. Cool. You know, like, th- that's what we can do. We can make it all fine. And we can leave Texas A&M at home. Wouldn't that be funny? An expanded playoff and A&M still can't make that. I, I mean, I don't think it'd be funny. I think it'd just be historically accurate. Well, that's true. It's a valid point. Valid point. And, and it, I just think it is going to be interesting, right? I think the NCAA, or not NCAA, sorry. God, thank God those idiots aren't involved in this. The college <laughs> can you football. Imagine, Randy, can you imagine your, just the the steam coming out of your ears if you have to deal with this bowl season on top of the NCAA? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, no, be no, no, please. But if they at least, I, I think they have to start considering some things. And I go back to the Big Ten and Pac-12. Let's say Ohio State gets two games throughout this thing canceled. I I don't care how good they look. How can you justify them going into the college football playoff? I don't I, I don't care how good they look. Well, that's that's the whole reason that Oklahoma the last, you know, what is it, three years has had to play a rematch in a Big 12 championship game is because initially we were told data points matter. Games matter. This is why Notre Dame and Clemson are going to have the leg up on everybody else because Mm -hmm. the, the way the ACC structured it is they're trying to play 11 regular season games plus a conference title game. And so if they both play 12 games, everyone else has 11, well, the committee's going to turn around and say data points matter. That That's what we've been told the entire process. So if we're going to all of a sudden say, you know what? This is a weird year. We're going to change the process. Then just change it by adding teams. Take away from the controversy and just say this is a wild year. One time only six teams, eight teams, 32 teams, whatever you want to make it. Settle on a number and just add a few teams, let everybody in, and we'll play for the Wacko champion, and everyone will remember it differently. I'm not saying there is an asterisk. There isn't an asterisk. I don't care. You know, we can have we'll – we'll have tons of fun 
from now until the end of time debating if Coastal Carolina is the rightful champion of the 2020 season because they danced through the COVID and and only had to play three decent teams on their way in the 32 team play. Like I would rather have that conversation and it have happened than sit here with a five and zero Ohio State and just be bored by a college football playoff that doesn't make any sense and it's just marred by controversy. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Because, and you know what? If I'm on that committee, I'm campaigning for that. Because, hey, you know, in a perfect world as a human being, maybe those guys on the committee, you know, the Hancocks of the world, this, the, the leader of the playoff committee, maybe they're thinking, everyone knows it's a pandemic. Everyone knows what we're dealing with. Whatever we decide, no one's going to gripe. Hey, playoff committee, knock, knock. Reality's knocking. I don't care what's going on in the world, but if you get to the point where you're naming a playoff field and let's just say, I mean, Alabama, I mean, I LSU's uber talented as far as young guys, right? Right. What if you're Alabama, you're undefeated, you end up having to play that December 19th game now against an LSU team that's young. You've got to develop those young guys the entire season. So instead of playing them, now, on the weekend of November, what is this, Saturday, the 14th? Right. Instead of playing on November 14th, oh, they get an entire season in to get these young guys Division One ready. You're going to Baton Rouge, and you end up losing that game, and that costs your playoff spot. You don't think Alabama, the university behind the scenes, is going to be campaigning and trying to throw a fit going, look, this is what happened. It's not fair. Blah, blah, blah. But if you add those playoff teams, guess what? Alabama, you lost the 19th. All right, you're not the number one team in the playoff. You're going to go in as the number four, or number five team. You're still in. Because those gripes are going to happen, Ryan. I don't yeah. care what everyone thinks. It's not like everyone's just going to go, oh, it's 2020. Whatever happens, happens. No, there's going to be anger. A month and a half from now, we're going to be yelling about something else because whatever's happening right now in the country, like one way or another, one of the, one of the dudes is going to be in in that shiny white house and people are going to be less mad and upset. You know, it's hard to be just incredibly furious at something for a month and a half. We're going to need something else to yell about. And I'm telling you, Randy, people love to yell at the college football playoff committee. People love to yell at the talking heads on ESPN who let Kirby smart come on and campaign, despite the fact that they can't beat the best team on their schedule over and over and over again. Like people want to be mad and people want campaigning and Mac Brown all those years ago in 2008 opened the door to campaigning and what should be a, a cut and dry process. And, and we're, we're thankful for it because it, it makes the month of December a lot of fun. So thank you, Mac Brown. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and that that's, but that's why I say playoff committee. Look at the NFL. They woke up on November 10th and went, "Hey, you know what? We don't need these billionaire owners." And granted, we're not talking billionaire owners in college football, but we don't need them campaigning. We're going to make it simple. We're going to add extra spots if we get into the spot where everyone doesn't play a 16 game schedule. Guess what, college football, they may not be billionaire owners, but they're billion-dollar athletic departments. They're already taking it in their shorts this year with a budget loss. They're going to be looking like, wow, man, if we had just made the playoff instead of being, let's see, what was it, North Carolina reported they're going to be $30 million short this year. If Mac Brown in North Carolina gets left out, but if it was an 18 playoff, oh, man, we'd only been 
20 million in the shorts this year. Right. I mean, we're talking big money still. So why even why even open that up for debate? And that's why I don't care the number. But as long as you look like you're making an effort to add six, eight teams, then you can go, all right, I know you got a bitch, but shut up. Because it doesn't matter how many people we add. The If we add six, the number seven team is going to bitch. If we add 12, the number 13 team is going to bitch. So someone's always going to bitch. But this eliminates a lot of that national perspective bitching. Then it just becomes the normal playoff debate at that point in time. I've got it. This was the worst weekend probably for having uh, COVID postponements, all that stuff. Fine, whatever. Tomorrow, the NCAA needs to come out and announce they're going to play this they're weekend. They're not involved. Games. Well, whoever, whatever. The college football playoff committee, I don't care. Whoever comes out I'm tomorrow. just saying, right? please don't put them involved in this. If Whoever has a game this week, we finish it, we play it. Everyone else, stop what you're doing. We're stopping for two weeks. And we are putting together a 64-team college football playoff tournament. We didn't have March Madness. We're going to fix it all. We're going to make all the money back right now. Pac-12, guess what? Welcome to the show. You played one game. Awesome. There's your preseason. We're playing playoff football, baby. We're going to get started in three weeks. We've solved it. Everything is good. Everything is awesome. I like your theory, but I'm scared to give anyone three weeks off in the COVID era. None of the games may happen. Come back. Oh, I'm sorry. This game's canceled. Oh, this game's canceled. We have to factor in. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Halloween was 10 days ago on a Saturday night. Yeah. It's I know. No shock that the, the, the incubation period, to- five, five to 14 days, five to 14 days. Oh, my gosh. 10 days later, everything's screwed. <laughs> just I saying. Mean, and especially because look at it. Look at the teams that are screwed right now. Yeah, Are they even thinking about playoffs? No, those guys went, oh, there's a Halloween party on campus tonight? Hell yeah, I'm going. Yeah, Halloween and Baton Rouge got Did you see the way she was looking at me in class today? Oh, yeah. (laughs) On that Zoom call? Exactly. I just just assumed she was looking at me and not somebody else? Oh, yeah. She sent me one of those private messages on Zoom? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go be the big bag wolf to her little red riding hood. I'm going. Very good. Very good. good. I'll show her the trick to my treat. Anyway, okay, we're going to. Uh, there is, you know, okay, we talk about getting wild in Baton Rouge. Awesome. Uh, obviously not this Saturday, but in, you know, about a week and a half, things are going to be getting weird in Norman. Not to preview the game, but it was announced, Randy, it is a primetime kickoff, Bedlam. There has been a little bit of confusion. This is not the first primetime game ever in Bedlam history. God, no. Plenty of primetime games. But Randy, as far as we can discern, every single one of those have been in Stillwater. There, Owen Field, Gaylord Memorial Stadium has not hosted the Cowboys after dark. No, it's it's crazy to think about when you go through the history. And a lot of people may be like, oh, what about the Rashawn Woods game? Yeah, that was after daylight savings time. That was, a, I believe, a 2.30 kick. It was dark, and it turned into a dark day. I mean, you know, I mean, so so yeah, there, there's been games that have ended under the lights, but not one that it's truly started like this one will. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, even though there's only going to be, you know, what is it, 25,000 fans yet again at games? Yeah, whatever it is. I, I mean, I think it'll be an electric atmosphere. I think I think it'll be a lot of excitement, a lot of fun. I love the idea of it. I do think the atmosphere around campus will be electric. Yeah, maybe no tailgating on campus property, but if you were at the Kansas game on Saturday and walked around campus, 
I noticed a few more tailgates popping around on city property or not city, but you know what I mean? Yeah, private private property. property. Yeah. Campus yeah. corner is going to be popping guys. Like, Oh yeah. It's Bedlam. Campus corner is always popping for Bedlam. Going to be a lot of drinks flowing and, and look, I know, look, we're, we're not going to get into all the, Oh, Bedlam fact, whatever, you know, it, it's lopsided. We get it. Everyone gets it. Everyone knows it. Interesting though. And we know it's not a rivalry. So well, we yeah, can, there's can that. We can quell that. But, uh, you know, first night game in Nompton. Yes, it's Nompton. Get out of my no, face. Geez. I'm a youngin. I'm a youngling. But uh, all those night games in Stillwater, only really one of them's panned out. Look, this, the Cowboys have a better record in Norman than they do in Stillwater historically. Could it be the stars are aligning for the night game? First night game, come in, spoil the OU party. Except night games don't pan out for Oklahoma State. Well, I think 2011 went just fine. Okay, one game. Yeah, it, one it is one game. It is one game, but I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, we won't break it down. I mean, my God. I mean, uh, all I have to say is Mike Gundy. I mean, that's, I mean, to be honest, I mean, yeah, I, we're not going to break it down, but it, it's kind of pointless when, when you talk about a, an inept idiot on the sidelines. So, yeah, we'll get into that more. But, yeah, night games, I think that makes fun. And to be honest with you, you want you want a team to be more focused. And you're right. I think Oklahoma State will come out. They'll play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. But I think you got an Oklahoma team at a night game atmosphere and just the buildup it's going to get. Because when you look at that weekend, because remember we were talking about it off the air. I kind of called it on Saturday. I said, for Oklahoma fans that want a night game in Norman with Bedlam, you needed Indiana to knock off uh, Michigan. Yeah. What'd they do? They rolled Michigan. Because Ohio State, Indiana... Undefeated top 10 matchup. That'll be your noon game. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State falls to primetime ABC. And so it's going to get the second most buildup of that weekend, I think. And it'll be fun to see because that's at least the good part also about the buildup for the weekend. It's the other good part about a bye week this week, Ryan. No one can screw up and stub their toe. We're done. It's in the can. I mean, we know what it's going to be going next week. Yeah, shout out to everyone in Bloomington. If your Pinnock has lasted more than four hours, please call a doctor. There's certainly has with some back to back. You know, he he stood strong. He was he got up, he played big for him, and he was strong. So shout out to Pinnock. Hey, what if Indiana? Okay, just sorry not to go back. That Indiana beats Ohio State. Just blow it up. I don't want to see Indiana. I mean, that's. But, I, but I'm I just, don't want to watch Indiana play in a playoff game. Just blow it up. I don't. No, I don't either. But back to the debate of that's the reason you had teams because they're still going to be campaigning for Ohio State to get in the playoffs. Right. Well, Go Ohio, ahead. Ohio. What'll What'll happen is in this in this bizarro world scenario where uh, you know the two and whatever LSU Tigers upset Alabama plus Indiana runs the table. Ohio State and uh, Alabama will play in like the Fiesta Bowl, and whoever wins that game is just going to be awarded a share of the national. Like the AP is just going to be like, no, we're actually not voting for whoever wins the college play. We're voting for whoever wins that game. That's going to be you guys. Game. We're voting them. Yeah, this it's twenty twenty. We're getting weird. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a split championship in twenty twenty <laughs> because you know twenty twenty. Yeah, it, it's the last thing we're gonna do. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail, but I was just thinking about that. It's like it. Yeah. No, everyone. No, can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? You get two SEC teams in via uh, Alabama being the the other person, and then an SEC team wins the actual playoff. Texas A&M gets to hang two banners. Oh wow! There That's you go. True. Yeah, 
let's figure without let's doing figure out, anything. Yeah, let's figure out what way that we can figure that out. I want that to happen. We just need to have an A and M rip session. I'm telling you. I think it's been the last two podcasts, but yeah, uh, look, looking forward. Obviously, no game this weekend. We're still hoping to have a nice special sunday podcast for you we had to work out some technical problems yeah there were there were some technical problems uh the reason this one's kind of flying hot and heavy is we're recording a little bit later than usual as uh things happen but hopefully uh fingers crossed we get that all worked out we'll have a really fun interview with someone you'll want to hear from on sunday and then of course next week same time same place we will be previewing oklahoma oklahoma state under the lights in norman the battle of the spencers two men enter only one get to use the first name Spencer from here on out. Uh, no, Spencer I thought the Sanders. one was getting benched, right? Well, yeah, there's that. But Spencer Sanders, Spencer Rattler, whoever wins the game, the other one has to go legally change their name so we can be done dealing with this crap. That That's what I want to put forth. I'm with you. I Trust me, it's a pain in the butt when you're talking about them. You're like, no, crap, the other school, that one. Yeah, just what a, it's, you know, I'm just going to start saying, you know, Spencer, he's doing really well with this. And then he struggled in this game. Everyone's going to be like, which one? I'm just like, yes, correct. Whoever you think. Just fill in whoever you think makes the whichever better. Whichever one you're rooting for. Yeah. 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 Whichever one that you analyze. Okay. I think it's Spencer Sanders. And I thought Ryan made a great point. Then sure. It was Spencer Sanders. If it's the other way, then just switch it. It'll be fine. We'll be good. We've got plenty of time until then. Buckle in people. You know, look, we've got the masters this weekend and we've got. Boring. Oh, wait. I actually don't know if you'll be there, but uh, very exciting in my world. Saturday night, our good friend, Jerry Ramsey oh God, at no. TV's Jerry. If you're familiar with him on the Twitter machine, coworker of ours, I will be at the Prince party. We're watching Purple Those Rain. Super at, spreader event. Yeah, Purple Rain at the Tower Theater. It's gonna be a limited crowd. Masks are required. It'll be fun. I all I know is that I've been game planning with my uh cohort that I'm bringing. Uh I made a very smart move over here, Randy, and I kind of want your thoughts on it before we get out of here. So uh, our other podcast, or my other podcast that I host, Sideline Warning, um, Christine Butterfield is back. She's here in OKC, very good friend of mine. And I said, okay, so I could invite one of my other friends, but Christine is a female. And right. when, you're, when you're going to a theater, you always want to bring a female with you because they have this purse thing that we can then stick the gummy bear. Yeah. And the pocket shots in. So we're going gummy bears and pocket shots so that I can enjoy some purple rain. I like it. It's it's not a bad move. Not a bad move at all. That's, Just that's mask kinda, up, glove yeah, up. Mask up obviously. Which you should always do when you're around Jerry Ramsey. Yeah, yes. Mask up, and glove that, up. That's in, a, that's in a non-pandemic. And it actually makes him for more, feel more comfortable if you like pop the glove too. So that... Uh, you just go, hey, Jerry, you ready? I know you're getting up there in age. All right. We need to leave. Follow us on Twitter at RJHeights1077, at Radius Ryan. I will be live tweeting oh. Purple Rain on Saturday. Uh, we will be podcasting on Sunday. That'll be out Monday. Look forward in your podcast feeds. And until next time, we will see you for our huge Bedlam preview next week. Everyone, be good, everyone. Mask up and, you know, let's go football.